Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that doesn't need three spoonfuls of sriracha jam to delight your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is a 21-grain salute to the end of boring bread, a brand on a mission to make the most out of every loaf, to rid the world of GMOs and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. But Dave's Killer Bread has done more than raise the bar on bread. In fact, Dave's Killer Bread was built on the belief that second chances can change lives when its founder, Dave, the guy with the guitar you see on every loaf, returned to the family bakery after 15 years in prison. Dave took that chance and ended up creating what would become the country's number one organic bread while never forgetting his not-so-easy path. That's why at Dave's Killer Bread, they proudly practice second-chance employment, hiring the best person for the job, regardless of criminal background. And by the taste of it, things have worked out rather well. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified. Well, it's time for another episode of the Let's Go Eat Show. But before we get right to, well, we're not going to get right to our interview with Chris Jones. Sure we are. Well, in a second. At some point we're going to. Well, yeah, in a second. Hang on. Um, first of all, I want to thank everybody who has subscribed to our Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Let's Go Eat Show Patreon. Uh, there are people who have subscribed to it, aren't there? Yes. How, how many are? Uh, like a bunch. A bunch of people have been very nice. More than more than more than a dozen. More than a dozen. Okay, good. We're tomorrow, as of when we're recording this, we're going to have lunch with a Patreon listener. You and I. We are. Yeah, or is that Kevin. one? Of, Kevin. Oh, hi, Kevin. Is that one of the benefits of being a Patreon subscriber in the that Let's is. Go Eat Show? That's a you no. Know, Kevin pledges some good money for that. Fifty yeah. bucks he pledges. For that. So all you have to do is go to Patreon.com. Right. Look for the Let's Go Eat Show. But you can you can uh, support the show, and there are so, you know our costs associated with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, first, well, like a, a buck a month. About a bag of potato chips, a dollar a month is all. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Uh, if you do five a month, you get our extra double shot bonus episodes. Okay. Which um, I really like where they're starting to go. They've become they've become less less structured and more rambling bullshit, and I think it's fantastic. Well, I'm glad you think so. And there's a T-shirt if you hurry up and pledge at the ten dollar level. I'm going to order okay. the T-shirts. All right. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're a $10 subscriber, you need to get on there and tell me the size of your shirt so I can okay. get it ordered all for right. you. So all that, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Dot com. Patreon.com. Slash. Uh, slash. The, the Let's Go Eat Show. Yeah. Okay, now on to our guest, Chris Jones, uh, a, an intrepid television news reporter for uh, Channel 2. Uh, he has been in the news uh, business, the television news business now for 20 years about, and um, he's embarking on a new project at Channel 2, which is pretty exciting. It's an investigative news unit at Channel 2. And uh, if you know Chris Jones reporting, you know he's he's uh, straight ahead, he's, he's uh, hard-hitting, and he gets the facts, just the facts. Um, so I think he's a great fit to do an investigative news unit at Channel Two. But before we talk about all of that on the Let's Go Eat Show, we, you know, we just talk about his how he got into the business, a little bit about his his life growing up, and uh, we talk about some of the famous stories that he's covered, and uh, then we get into the uh, business of talking about the new investigative news unit at Channel Two. So um, I guess without further ado, at this point, let's just get to the interview with Channel 2's Chris Jones. So you should be really incredibly calm during this conversation. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I, I, uh, so very calm. I'm just going to eat some tuna and talk to Chris Jones, Channel 2 reporter. But first, can I, I'm going to have a bite of tuna. It so is let's delicious. go eat show, Bill. Yeah. Do what you want. Yeah, okay. So uh, Chris Jones, reporter for Channel 2 here in the podcast studios for Let's Go Eat Show. And we're having delicious food from uh, Caputo's, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, and Dylan went and picked that up. Thank you. Um, so we got the uh, we got the all American turkey, all American. What did this, you? I just got tuna. 
Mm. No bread, just tuna. You're you're cutting out the carbs. I got to I got to I got to do something. I <laughs> Well, I've put on too much weight. I've got to do something. You hit that age. I'm 48 right. and yeah. you're are, how, way ba- past that. They're way past that. And you do, you start to see that midsection just start to yeah. balloon up. And now I've got the 4-year-old. Uh, and uh, you know, I got to try and keep up with him. Although I'm still doing the so, the, but the, the carbs. But, so you have a four year old uh, kid, uh, but that is um, that doesn't really keep you active. People say, "Oh, that keeps you active." No, no, it does not. You have to you go home, right. Take care of the kid. I mean, maybe you go to the park, but it, but those days at the gym that you used to have, you don't have as much of that anymore. Well, in the in this idea that because you have a kid, you're going to run out and you're going to go to the park and all that stuff, that's done because he wakes up at like six in the morning. And of course, you're used to getting up, yeah. but he wakes up at six in the morning. So I'm ex- and then I go to work and then I'm exhausted all day long. And then he comes and like the most activity he gets from me, unfortunately, is like maybe a bounce on the knee here and there. But I try, I do my best. So uh, being being a reporter. Uh, and and I guess you are still just a classic field reporter for Channel Two, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, and that you've done that for a long time. N- no, I, I mean I assume you've anchored here and there and filled in. And yeah, I've I've done the anchoring. Um, it's not for me really because it, you know, and, and the anchors that we have at our station they're great and everything, mm-hmm, and, yeah. but they don't get to report. They don't get to go go out. They don't need get to get out with the photographers. And for me, that's like. I have to have that, not only from a, for professionally speaking, but uh, socially. I need to be among people. So I can't just sit and, and those guys write and they read and they get the newscast ready. But mm. for me, um, I just can't be fulfilled unless I'm able to get out and actually uh, work and, and get out and interview people. I mean, it's very important to me. How, your days must be pretty long. Uh, although you can sort of set your own hours in a way, but you have to get ready. What, what newscast do you have to get ready for mandatorily? Well, so so it, it, it's funny you mention that because I've actually, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 20 plus years and uh, uh, I'm begin. We, we just started two weeks ago an investigative unit at Channel 2. So thank, thank goodness. Yeah, it yeah. used to be a staple of local news exactly. and it's gone away and it's important nice to see it back. It's important. And it's just like everything with newspapers. I mean, they're they're cutting staff and in television. It's an issue we're dealing with. And of course, in radio, everybody's yep. in, in sort of these traditional medias. They're 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 dealing with these cuts and the Internet mm-hmm. is 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 can be brutal. Um, but, you know, the, I'm, I'm glad to see that there's this commitment to investigation. So that's kind of what we're focusing on. So I'll be on the air once a week twice a week and, and our focus will be education uh, and people say education how can you investigate that what could you possibly find but the truth is if you look at it I mean it's the largest line item in the Utah state budget mm-hmm. so um, is there waste we'll find out is there you know what what else potentially could be going on that's what we'll look at I've been to school board meetings before years ago when I was just starting in radio and I was a radio reporter and that's what I did just right. I went to city council meetings I did the same thing I started in radio as well yeah. where did you start in radio and then uh, we'll get back to all yeah, the yeah, investigative we can get to that. reports. Yeah, so I, st- I started, um, I went to the University of Missouri, and I started as a, uh, a reporter for uh, a radio station called KFRU, which was a little a- AM station uh, in Columbia, Missouri. And I also worked for the radio station for the university as well. And so, and then I had like a little like sort of talk show for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to Public work. affairs programming. Exactly. The kind of stuff that nobody ever listens to. Right. It's on it. They put it on at six in the morning. Right. On Sunday morning yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Is Missouri where you're from? Yeah, that's kind of, I, I grew up in Dallas, but Missouri's really kind of okay. my home. Mm-hmm. And I had an internship at KMOX Radio and you being a radio guy. It's a big you, one. Yeah. They, they were sort of the blowtorch blow of the time. You know, they, they had like, uh, they, they could broadcast from Costa, from Canada mm-hmm. to Mexico they were a clear channel exactly Mm -hmm. exactly and so uh i i got an internship there and they almost offered me a job and the kind of personality i am if if i if they would have offered me a job i'd still be a radio reporter to this day because i loved radio i love radio i always have and i love the intimacy of it Mm -hmm. and so i started there and and they didn't offer me a job and then i ended up going to uh, a place called pascagoula mississippi (laughs) it's on the gulf coast of mississippi (laughs) And it was for a young reporter. I mean, 
I was in what they call the bureau. So I wasn't in the main station. So I would cover what Jackson County, Mississippi. And I mean, it's like, it's, it's like right out of, uh, cool hand Luke. I mean, it's the same kind of stuff. The County Sheriff, his name was DB Pete Pope. (laughs) Yeah. And and you'd go into his office and here I am this young, like 23 year old. I can imagine. I'm just imagining what you look like because you look kind of wet behind the ears still. (laughs) Still at this at 48 years old. Skinny. And (laughs) yeah, I I walked in my top, my collar was all, you know, hello. too big. I was borrowing my dad's yeah. suit, you know. I'm like, hello, DB Pete Pope. And, uh, <laughs> and he would say, he's like, if you ever come in here and you're recording me and I don't know about it, I've got a device under my desk that will tell me. And you know that that is a violation of federal law. And of course, I didn't know anything. And there, of course, there's no device like that where you can actually... <laughs> But um, he was he he was essentially he was the sheriff of Jackson County, but he was also, you know, he was the mayor. He was the governor of that little yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the things that go on in a place like Mississippi, where there's not much press coverage, racism, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it was the n- late '90s, and um, the kind of racism that I thought, being from you know, hmm. uh, Texas and Mississippi or Missouri. I, I didn't think that it existed still, you mm-hmm. know, I was naive, yeah. but the reality is it was there and it was there big time. And it was this, was this television reporting or radio reporting? Yeah, television this, So reporting. this was your first TV My job? My first TV job, went, job uh, yeah. And uh, really different than radio. Yeah. Very, very different. Diff- very different. Because you have to, you know. It radio's easier in certain ways. You know, you don't have as many hoops to jump through, and right. you, you can get something on, on immediately. And with TV, it's harder. Yeah, especially back then, harder to get something on immediately. Exactly. Yeah. But, so, how did you like? Did you like it at first, or right away? Or? I, I, you know, I, I, I really did. I, I love. I've always loved this business, and uh, for for all the same reasons, like just I'm a curious. I'm curious. I love to meet new people. And uh, so I, I loved everything about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting because Pascagoula is a little shipbuilding town. So it's an industrial town. Tallest building was four stories tall. The it's top, on the Gulf? It's on the Gulf Coast, yeah. Okay. Okay. The top story of that building was used for storage. So, I mean, it wasn't yeah. even really three. It was only three stories <laughs> tall. And, um, you know, I ended up falling in love with the people and everybody drank like crazy. And back mm-hmm. in those days... I did the same. So I would go to a little, there's a little restaurant bar that I, that everybody went to the mayor, the district attorney. And I was kind of the only show in town. Um, so I was, I, you know, I had a significant number of stories. So, you know, and, I just, and the, the TV station was not in Pascagoula. No, it was, it was in Biloxi. 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 So it, it's, it was Biloxi, Gulfport, Pascagoula. Yeah. And, um, and it was a, it was a real, real learning experience. Yeah. My dad would say, this town is like underground. Where are all the people? You know, it was a, it was a very unusual place. Why did you get into the uh, journalism and uh, you, does your family, anybody in your family? Well, before do you this? do that, I want to ask yeah. you a question. Yeah. So you can have some sandwich. Yeah. yeah. So you started in, in radio by accident. Right. Bill. In Ogden, Utah. In Ogden. And then um, mm-hmm. left radio to go be in TV. Briefly, yeah. D- did you come back to radio because it was too hard for you in TV? <laughs> Why you couldn't you couldn't hack well, it? What was going on with that? There are any number of reasons, but uh, but I didn't like it as well. Did you want to be on air or like behind the scenes? When I went to do TV, I was behind the scenes completely. But did you want to be like an, a reporter or host I, of some I, kind? I of, wouldn't uh, have minded being uh, out front, but I wasn't. But that wasn't the the issue. Oh. That, that really wasn't the issue. So I when just, you came back to radio, I mean, yeah. were you thinking that, was that kind of like in your blood? That was where you felt like you I, had to be. Yeah, I felt better there. So that's that's where I went and stayed all these years. You didn't years. have to wear nice, to get dressed up. Or, yeah. Yeah. This guy's never been dressed up. Not, in his not very life. often. Did you did you wear a suit to your wedding? No. No, <laughs> neither one. Neither one of Neither your, wedding. Neither one of your weddings. When no. you married my mom, you dressed in... Uh, Blue I, suede or something weird. No, I had a. It thing. was a hippie flowered shirt of some sort. And then, <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. No. And then at your second wedding, a kilt, a kilt. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think I saw you so. in a suit at like a funeral once, but that's it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, back to uh, your background. Anybody in your family do this kind of thing? Um, my my dad, um, and I didn't realize this until after I'd started journalism school he'd gone to uh, Northwestern and that had a pretty impressive journalism school mm-hmm. and got a journalism degree and he never really even told me that mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's one of those guys World War II my dad when I was born uh, he was 45 years old 
So he was older. Mm-hmm. And he didn't talk about a lot of stuff. So I didn't know that. And I also didn't know that, and this was even later on, after I had been in my journalism career for some time, that my grandfather, who had died uh, during the Depression, was actually a journalist for the Atlantic Constitution. Uh, and so this is stuff I didn't know. So you look at this, you're like, wow, you know, when they say, oh, it's in your blood, it's in your DNA. I mean, I think in my case, it definitely was. What, what did your dad end up doing if he didn't do journalism? He uh, he was an entrepreneur and he had uh, uh, dry clean dry cleaners, mm-hmm. a couple a couple hundred dry cleaners or something like mom, that. Mom, yeah. stay at home mom. Um, well, he had three. We had three. Uh, three moms? <laughs> three moms, you know. <laughs> we had three, uh, very, you know, the varying stages. Uh, he was married like, three times, yeah. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. He, was, he was the dry cleaner baron of the he, town. The, that's right. He was. He, was he, the, he did well and had well, pretty women around. Dry cleaners, you said. He's the sausage king of yeah. Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a like lot a, of dry cleaners. Yeah, no, that's uh, more than just the town. Well, it was he. What he was is it was a fran. He was the franchisee. In in reality, he he had a lot of businesses and and uh, um, you know some of them he like would have some success and then not and so. We'd have some Christmases where, you know, you'd have a twelve, you'd have a twelve foot Christmas tree, yeah. and then you'd have some where the Christmas tree was literally this tall. So it was up and down like that for yeah. us, and um, and then the final one when he was in his seventies, like that's the dry cleaner thing just like took off wow. for him. So you know, he is in his final years of his life, he had that nice. kind of success. Yeah. So yeah. And your mom stayed at home most of the time, or no? After they divorced, um, you know, she or worked. You're, you're yeah. all your mom. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, what a, yeah, my my particular mother, mom. Yeah. yeah. She 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 was a single mom, and they divorced when I was seven. So you know, she worked. You know, job. Mm-hmm. She was always working two or three jobs mm-hmm. to take care of us, and that—that's all I ever remember is my mom like coming in, changing, and going to the to the next <laughs> job. You know, so uh, just in a in a thumbnail or nutshell, uh, you you're in Pascagoula, you're loving it. What what is the road to Salt Lake City? Um, that was it. It should have been it should have been Pascagoula Market One Sixty Nine, and then Lexington, Kentucky. Market 75, right. and then Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. But um, I applied to Channel 4. Uh, there was a young, uh, new news director. And, you know, I don't think he was the best judge of talent, frankly. And <laughs> and he hired me, and he should not have hired me. I was not ready to be in a market this big. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, there were there were times when I think that they were like, I, you know, I don't know about this guy. There were a couple of times when I heard that they were going to put me on the morning show, which is oftentimes where they put, you know, the new, the new green reporters. And, you know, I was, and then one day I just got it, you know, and then, and then things sort of picked up for me. But I certainly was, when I was in Pascagoula, I had done, you know, live shots or sort of the life blood of yeah. television news and i'd done maybe three or four wow. because i was in the bureau mm-hmm. so um i would always just put together news stories package but never stuff, with yeah, yeah package mm-hmm. without without the live element right. so when i would go live it was an absolute train wreck and uh, i mean there were a handful of those where i'm just like blinking into the camera <laughs> for 40 seconds at a time you know so um I, i'm fortunate that they didn't just you know after my contract went out, I'm fortunate they didn't just sweep me out the door. Did you feel uh, o- o- in over your head when you came here? Yeah, I was in over my head. You, and, and you felt that? I, I knew some, that. Yeah. And, and, and I would- That's a bad feeling. I've been it, in situations yeah. where I'm just like- It, it was, it, it, it's incredibly difficult. And I remember it was the, uh, I believe it was, I can't remember what the story was, but it was a big story and they put me on it. And um, Brian Malahi was at Channel 2 and he was doing mm-hmm. the story as well. And I just remember I saw my story and then I watched his story and I was like, what am I doing? Why do they keep putting me on the air? I am not ready for this. <laughs> it was really, and it was like sobering. So Brian's I good too. He he's a really, great. he's yeah. a hell of a reporter. Yeah. Hell of a reporter. You yeah. said that there was a story when it like clicked for you or a time when it clicked for you. Was it a specific story? Do you remember? Like, I, rem- I remember it was, it was a, it was a week of stories that I had done. And I remember the one that kind of clicked for me was, and it, it and, and in retrospect, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it was, uh, remember when Old Navy opened downtown? I don't know if you yeah. you remember. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and um, so I did a story on that, but I, I expanded the story out to give it a little more, you know, girth, for lack mm-hmm. of a better mm-hmm. word. And I was like, okay, I think I'm really starting to feel like I get this, you know? And then after that, 
um, it just felt it just felt like I was I was getting the hang of it. And then you know after that I just felt like really comfortable in this job. Finally, wait, you did a week of stories on Old Navy opening? <laughs> that seems like a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> that, that's a that's a lot on throwaway clothes. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, how long were you at Channel Four? I was at Channel Four for um, about. Eight years, eight or nine years. Yeah, I started in '99, and then in 2007, uh, my brother, who is a stockbroker, said you can make a lot of money if you become a stockbroker. So I did. So I quit Channel t- uh, Channel Four, and I was a stockbroker for, I think it was a year, and I was terrible, and I couldn't pass all the tests because they do like what's called a Series Seven, which is the most difficult exam I've ever taken in my life. I passed it. And then I had to pass what was called the Series 66. Uh, and, that seems much harder. And that, yeah, because of the, all the more, more yeah. numbers. Well, from right? 7 to 66. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. look, I, 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 I would count it out for you, but that's one of the reasons I got fired. So uh, I couldn't pass it, and then they fired me. And I remember during that time, like prior to being fired, I was, I, I was actually, at a, at a time I was at US, uh, UBS in the Wells Fargo building where mm-hmm. Channel 2 is, and I remember walking by there and just like, I really missed it. I really, really missed it. And I remember my father, uh, when I told him I was going to do it, it was the only time he ever like really stood up and said, that is the dumbest, that's so dumb. <laughs> of all the dumb things I've done in my mm-hmm. life, it was the only thing he told me was a mistake. Yeah. And I said, Dad, you don't understand. But he was right because when it is in your blood, and you try and and you try to fight against what you're really good at or mm-hmm. what you're sort of what you're supposed to do, yeah, you don't succeed. And when you pursue something like money, like I did, well, and that's what I was going to bring yeah. up because a lot of people think these guys on TV, those guys on TV doing these reports, they're making money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. You, a street reporter especially you know just beginning you're not making anything no no you're not making a lot of money i mean i remember my first job was seventeen thousand dollars a year Mm -hmm. you know but of course that was a while back but Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean you know these guys aren't uh they're not millionaires you know i mean so to pursue to pursue the money was a was a Mm -hmm. mistake and you know, my dad, my dad, Blame your brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do every day, every time I see him. But my dad always said, he's like, if you love your job, you will never work a day in your life. And he was right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, did, uh, does your brother live here or no. you just became, you just became a stockbroker? Yeah, just here. because of him. Yeah, yeah, I came here. Yeah. He, he, he lives in Sonoma, California. And he does very well as he a stockbroker. He does all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so how did you so see you and uh, go ahead and take a bite of your yeah, sandwich yeah. and I'll ask a long question. So. Did you so, go to? T- did you go from radio to TV to make money? Was that why you did that? No, I go- I went from radio to TV because radio was not treating me very well. Ah. I was working. You know, I mean, I could have not worked as much as I did, but I was working too hard for not enough money. And well, I mean, for I mean, this guy is like one of the. I mean, what you have done, and what you've done with uh, radio from hell. I mean, that's not happening in the country anymore. I used to be like I used to love talk radio like when i was in dallas mm-hmm. I, and you might know some of these names or you might not mm-hmm. um stevens and pruitt do you did, is that a name that, no it doesn't uh, ring a bell um uh let's see uh, uh ron chapman yeah kvil mm-hmm. I, I i used to I, I would like tape it every every morning and listen to his show and i loved like morning radio so when it, when i came here and i would was listening to you guys and the fact that you've been on the air for so long and you've managed to stay in the same market and you become such an influential uh, element to this community. I, I've always like loved morning radio. So you need I, to I, talk to you. You know, you're in the same building that my boss is. You need to go up there. I'll and go talk over and tell. Just, I, I was just talking to him actually out there. So, uh, well, no, I mean the big boss at the top floor oh, of the wall. Deloy. Of, yeah, <laughs> you need to go talk to him. He, he doesn't listen to me. And he'd say he'd say to, he'd say to you who? <laughs> well, but no. I, I like. I mean, the reason that he's been able uh, to do this for so long is really what? really simple it's that um he what? hasn't been fired yet well that's right <laughs> and that's really that's yeah, really that is the, the only secret reason. Yeah, it's is, the secret just don't get that, fired that's kind of my secret too i've been here i've been in this market for almost 20 years mm. something like that so why um you know I, yeah why do you yeah i mean you could uh, of course i let's answer that question and then i'll ask you about channel two but yeah. go ahead why do why have you stayed here um you know 
when I when I first came to Utah, everybody said, you know, the the you know you're not going to like the culture, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get a drink, you're not going to mm-hmm. be able, and you could get a drink, wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. The culture's fine, it's interesting, and it's kind of fun to cover if you're a reporter. And um, you know, I had a couple of options. Uh, I got a call from a TV station in Dallas once, and they you know were interested in having me come and. There've been a couple of opportunities where I could have left, but I don't know. I I, I just liked it here. I'd start I'd started to build a reputation of some sort that's here. Im- that is important, and that's important, you know. And I we were up at the Capitol today interviewing somebody, and I, and I ran into a couple of lawmakers that I knew, uh, and uh, you know the head of, the, of DPS was there, and you know you know these people. And, and, you know, I mean, you could go to Dallas and reinvent the wheel and try to meet all the new police chiefs and you could get to know all the city council. You know, I've got 4,500 contacts in my phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm almost 50. I don't want to, I want to be able to pick up my phone and call who I need to call. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be the new guy on the block on Saturday, yeah. working Saturday mornings or something. So I think, I think if you talk to Chris Van Oker, and I haven't really talked to him specifically about it, but, but when Mainly he because he wouldn't talk about it. Well, he doesn't like to talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, well, about I, worked, I worked with him for years yeah. and he would never say anything. It was Everything like he was, close to the vest. Yeah. It was like he was in the CIA or something. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> but, uh, but he, uh, I, I, he left here to go to uh, Kansas City, I think it was, was it Kansas City? Uh, Columbus. Oh, I Columbus, think, yeah. Ohio. And, uh, you know, I think it it was just, it was not what he expected. I, I would, I, I'm speaking for him, but it was hard. I mean, I don't think he did poorly, Yeah. but he went there and went, yeah. Yeah, when, when, you, when you just- Salt Lake's my town, yeah, I gotta go back. Right, exactly. And somebody like Van Oker, you know, who politically owns the town, you know, mm-hmm. knows everybody and knows all the players. I mean- it's just a, there's a certain element of, I mean, why, why, you know, why go through all the hoops yeah. when you've, when you've already kind of built your life here, you know? So and at ha- this point we should probably say, yeah. you should listen to the Van Oker Group podcast mm-hmm. starring Chris Van Oker. Did you know we're doing that? And yeah, Bill I did Alvin. see that. Yeah. We were actually going to come out and do a story on it. Oh, that's right. I remember. Things yeah. kept coming. Yeah. What the hell happened to that? Yeah. I don't know. Well, fires, I'm going to get your information. I have your information burnt. now, so mm-hmm. I'm going to, yeah, in yeah, a few weeks you're going to get a call from me. So, um, uh, so I want to go back to, uh, so you're being, being a stockbroker that, you know, failed the test. And so, uh, you go back to channel two or you go to channel two. Um, how did that happen? Did you, would you first go say to channel four, I want to come back and I come back or did you, it was, it was that way. I was, uh, I, I, I needed to, you know, pay the mortgage and stuff. So, um, I went back to channel four as a freelancer and um, they're like, well, we don't have any more freelancing. And then I went over to Channel 2, and they're like, well, yeah, come on over. And this was 2007, so the economy was, blow- was mm. blowing up. Yeah. And, um, you know, they said, well, you can freelance. You know, we'd love having you. It's great. We just don't have any money to pay you. Freelancing means they'll pay you f- for the piece? They'll pay you for the day, yeah. essentially. Mm. And, um, but it wasn't a salary, and it wasn't... Um, you know, you didn't have health care and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, so, but then Channel 4 called me up and offered me a position. And so I told Channel 2, I said, I got to go. I got a family. I got to, you mm-hmm. know. And um, they, Channel 2 said, wait a minute. And I guess they looked under the cushions or something and they found the money. So <laughs> they kept me on, which which has been great for me. I've enjoyed every second at yeah. Channel 2. Yeah, they're a, that's a, I, they're a ver- I like all of the TV people around here for the most part, but Channel 2's, they're all, they've always been very classy and, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I, they were the one, I mean, if I, if I, uh, if I had the choice, it would be the one, obviously, I do have the choice, but yeah. I mean, if I were to like been dropped into this town and look around at the stations, this would have been the one I would have picked, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing what's going on. So, um, channel two now since 2007, I think you said, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and you, you're, you've gotten more and more. I mean, you're one of the people now in Salt Lake, the people look to, you know I mean? They go, Oh, yeah, Chris, Chris Jones. They everybody knows you now. I, I guess, I yeah, and that, yeah. that that's longevity. I mean, yeah. if you last long enough, I and guess do a people, good enough job. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hope that I'm I'm doing my best. Yeah, hasn't been fired yet. That's yeah. that's true. Let's see what the bosses say after this podcast. Well, yeah, um, all these hard hitting questions. Would you care to speculate on how the how the business, or not speculate, but ruminate on how the business has changed since you started? And, and how and the struggles and the and the challenges. Well, let's see. When I first started, um, TV stations were printing money. 
Um, you know, I was at a little TV station in Mississippi and they were like flying us around the country, around the world to do stories. And, you know, as you know, I mean, this, no, this is no mystery, but as soon as the internet starts, it's changed everything. It's changed everything. I mean, we have, um, you know, you have less, less people, um, gives you less time to do like longer form stories. Um, and it's, you're not as... You know, back in the day, there were three or four places you would turn for news. There were three or four, the newspaper, maybe the local AM radio station, and then your TV stations. And, and usually it was going to be the legacy station that everybody turned to. But, I mean, as you know, I mean, that's just not how it is anymore. I mean, and for us in our business, it's less about, you know, okay, let's get this on for 6 o'clock. Because it's Twitter and it's Facebook, and it's where it's the internet now, internet first. Because if I go on Twitter and say, "Hey, join me in six hours for a news story that's important to you," people are going to go no, and they're just going to swipe up and find somebody else who's given the news story on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. so um, that's a that's a real uh, problem, a real issue for us in this business to fight with. We still, you know, there's still a lot of people watching TV news. And, and you know, and you look at the numbers, I think it's like 25% of uh, any local community still gets their news from local TV. Mm-hmm. So um, th- that's still, we're still a factor, but not nearly like we used to be. I've noticed Channel 2, um, KUTV, uh, you and other reporters and just the station itself, Put news stories out immediately on Twitter. Yeah, you, exactly. you, just, you just put it out you immediately. Just got to. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it, we don't have the details yet, but there, this is happening. Yeah, it used to be in the day you you. I, I can remember even when I was at Channel Four, like our, our uh, assignment editor would say, "Okay, don't say anything about this story. We don't want to hold it till ten o'clock." And in this day and age, you just cannot do that. And yeah. so, yeah, so we are, as soon as you, I mean, and literally you'll, now we Facebook live everything, you know what I mean? Right. So you'll be at the at the fire or whatever, and you've got your phone and you're, you know, you're broadcasting. Uh, you're right doing that. Moment. And then yeah. you'll, and then you'll do a, a set piece a little later right, on or exactly. in a few minutes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, how many, how are those Facebook live things? Uh, are people, do a, are a lot of people watching those? I, I think they are. Yeah. I mean, I, I have done a few where I link through to the, the, TV stations website and all the thousand, you know, a couple thousand people mm-hmm. watching. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good for yeah. just Facebook, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, every little, all of this stuff is now part of the whole. And as a reporter, you don't just report anymore. You Facebook, you Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, and Snapchat, and all it's that stuff. It's kind of annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little annoying. when, yeah. and, and, and what it's annoying for me, kind of being an older reporter, when you see the young reporters, everybody's out with like this, with their phones mm-hmm. out, and mm-hmm. everybody's tweeting, and mm-hmm. it's... You know, it, that, it, it is kind of annoying just to see phones out every, <laughs> everywhere. As, as the, the, the business, and, and it's not just TV, it's radio, it's news, it's, it's shrunk in a lot of ways, and yet people are still clamoring to do it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. We've got, you know, I, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but whenever there's a position open to report or anchor at our mm-hmm. place, I mean, you know, we get dozens and dozens of applications, you yeah. know. So, I mean, there's still people out there who, I mean, it's important to people, yeah. you know. And I, I think it's important. I think, you know, that, that common hearth, uh, hearth mm-hmm. uh, yeah. philosophy, I mean. Gather around the fireplace, which yeah. is actually your TV. Right, you know? yeah. I mean, and unfortunately, so much of that is gone now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be, you know, back in the day guy. But, you know, it is said that we don't have those kind of common things that tie us together. That's why, you know, the Super Bowl, I guess, is good. And, mm-hmm. you know, those big sporting events where we're all sort of on the same page. And the Kardashians. To- yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it used to be before, uh, it used to be so amazing that everyone would sit down to dinner and watch Walter Cronkite. Right. Tell exactly. you what was going on in the world. Everyone yeah. in the country shared that specific moment. Well, and that and that's why, I mean, we're in such an interesting time in our history now. I mean, you look back at during Watergate and, uh, I mean, you had, you had, you know, people on the left, people on the right, Republicans and Democrats, but I mean, you really had a narrow number of voices, really. Mm -hmm. You know, you had the New York Times, the Washington Post, and then the three Mm -hmm. networks, and then Cronkite being 
you know, the king, yeah, yeah the king among those. Mm-hmm. And but then those voices were sort of, you know, everything was sort of distilled down into those few places. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, it's just not it's not that way anymore. And I think that's why when you when when you look at what's going on now in our politics, I mean, the 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 points of view are so uh, dispersed across so many different platforms. You know, I mean, people, you know, Alex Jones is somebody that is. To be taken seriously, I guess. No. I don't know. No, see, and you that's know? the problem. That, to me, that's the problem. You know, people say, well, that's a good thing that there, there's, rather than just ev- just a few people reporting on stuff, now we've got people reporting on things everywhere. It's, it's, not, it's not good because there are too many people who are not reporters yeah, acting exactly. like they're reporting on right. things. And, and that's the thing. I mean, people can sit here and say that the New York Times is fake news. And they can say that about the Washington Post. But the reality is I've seen the way that those newspapers fact check. And it is unlike anything. If you did the kinds of work that they did to fact check a story like Mm -hmm. at the New York Times at your job at the tire store or the grocery store, whatever, I mean, you would quit because it is that hard. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with CBS News to do stories for them. Mm -hmm. And... um, I, I wrote a story. They sent it to the lawyers in New York. Then they sent it back to the lawyers in L.A. And then, then they had another producer look at it. And then they sent it up the line and down the line. And then I, I voiced the package, the story, where you hear my voice. Mm-hmm. And then um, they called me up and said, you need to redo this part and that part. I mean, the amount of checks and balances that uh, a um, legacy media organization does to make sure that the stories are right um, is is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And yes, are mistakes made? Yeah. But look at how many stories uh, news outlets put out a day these days. You know, see, ABC got caught in a couple of stories where they got the facts wrong. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I mean, relatively speaking, uh, they, they've done a remarkable job. All these media outlets mm-hmm. have done a remarkable job. So... I get super offended by this idea that it's fake news and we're all, you know, and, and everybody's got an agenda and everybody's out to do something, you know, that that bothers me. Well, um, I want to, uh, uh, this this is a perfect lead into this story about this school board person, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that yet because okay, I, yeah. I do want to know. I need uh, to apologize for something. What? I just realized, you know what we should have done? Because we have you haven't You haven't been recording. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> It, that's happened before once. <laughs> what we should have done was recorded this like at a picnic. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to pick up Caputo's, mm-hmm. get these sandwiches, which are awesome, yep. and go sit in the damn park. Mm-hmm. No, that would have been nice. No, Shit. but there's too much noise and stuff. I, I, I pre- no, it's ambiance. Oh, well. Anyway, before we get to something having to do with fake news yep. and something you're working on right now, right? Uh, just reflect a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, on the... Um, on some of the craziest stories you uh, that stick in your mind, and I and I just was talking to our a friend Brad Wheeler, Bad Brad Wheeler, who you know, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "Oh, uh, Chris, I love that guy." He said, "Ask ask him to tell you about the story about knocking on a door and a transvestite <laughs> or a, somebody dressed in women's clothing came out and they were all smoking dope or what?" <laughs> well, it was the story was there was a guy who he he had tied his. Uh, <laughs> This part's not funny. Uh, he had tied his son to a tree so he could go smoke weed. Um, that it is was, kind of funny. Yeah. Because it's so, <laughs> not, it's a little funny. Yeah. I mean, you did that to me once when I was a kid for beer, right? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even beer. It was just Dr. Pepper. Oh, well, now I'm um, disappointed, Dad. Um, so uh, so we, we went to the last known address of this guy, and uh, it, the guy comes to the door, and as a side note, the, the photographer who was with me, it was her first day on the job, and so this guy opens up the, the door and you can hear the music in the background and you can, you can smell the smoke billowing out of the room. Mm-hmm. And he has on a beautiful teddy, beautiful black teddy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he's got these, I don't know what they are, but they're sort of like these like, uh, they're, they're like sleeve, they, these like, they're attached to his arms. They're like little bats. They're like, uh, hmm. it, and it came with the outfit. That was all part of the thing. And um, I said, are you so-and-so and he's like no i'm his brother and i'll tell you about it and so he begins to do the interview and this 
you know, lingerie. And his friends are like, Steve. And they throw him a they throw him something to cover himself up with. It was a day glow green teddy. Sure. <laughs> it, was a, yeah. it was a different yeah. teddy. Sure. And so he covers up the black teddy with the green teddy mm-hmm. and goes on to tell us that I understand why he did it. This kid is too much to handle. So uh, if he had to tie him up to keep him safe, you know, he shouldn't be getting in trouble with that. So. <laughs> if, he, if he needs to smoke weed in peace. You know, yeah. How else are you going to yeah. smoke weed without your kid, you know, mm-hmm. jumping in traffic? So Bizarre. Do you like doing stories like that where you, you just do, do a cold knock and go in and try to get the story? I, I do. Uh, I, I, I Let me... I used to like kind of going, knocking on the door of the person who was accused of something because, you know, you might get something interesting. But over time, I decided that I wasn't, uh, I didn't like that as much because a lot of times what I found is these people who are accused of these crimes and these stories that we do, I mean, these are people who are in distress. These are people who are, you know, they they need help. Mm -hmm. And after a period of time, I couldn't, I could no longer go and do these stories where somebody made a dumb mistake because I I began to sort of, and I'll give you an example. There was a couple Mm -hmm. and I believe they lived in Centerville and there, they, the, the charging document said that they had given their child Xanax, I think a young child. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the police charged them with, I think it was a felony, but I went and I talked to the family and you know, the, the child was disabled, and had uh, problems with uh, uh, behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. And the doctor had told them to, to break off a piece of the, if, if things got bad, break off a piece of a small piece of a Xanax and give it to the child. And it would, might help calm him down. So that was advice from their doctor. And, you know, I, I, after a while I began to realize that, you know, there are so many circumstances behind, you know, why people do what they do yeah. that I, I kind of, my, I lost the, I lost the, taste for mm-hmm. that kind of a story mm-hmm. so i wanted to move into a different direction so i got away from a lot of that crime that i used to do mm-hmm. you know years ago mm-hmm. um <clears throat> a couple of other maybe just a couple of other stories that you're proud of or memorable things to you well um, first off is uh is can i see that video of the green I, I, is that somewhere or I, is there it's a- somewhere I, I remember uh, uh the ch- chief mike winder um, he walked up to me at some scene. He's like, "I gotta see that story." So I'll fi- I'll find it. Yeah, and find send it and it send guys. it. And we'll maybe we'll post the, it somewhere, somewhere. The Josh Powell stuff was. Mm. I remember um, it, it, it when it first started out. Nobody really thought it was that big of a deal um, because there was a, it was bro- broken glass, uh, and Josh and uh, Susan were and the kids were gone. And West Valley City had kind of s- sent out a press release saying, you know, this is happening. And nobody really responded to it too much in the beginning. And I remember when I got to the house and I started talking to neighbors, um, I got a call from a producer who said, look, we've got a plane crash. You need to go break away from that story. And I said, my gut tells me that this, there's something going on here. We just, and we, we battled it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course it ended up being what it was, but my, I guess the thing that I recall most about that is, um, it it was, I think day three and people were really starting to think that Josh Powell was probably behind this. And, uh, I went to his sister's house just out, just to see, and there he was, he was like getting out of his car and I was with the cameraman. I'm like, let's go. So we walk over to him. And we start asking him, you know, a series of questions like where, you know, so where, where exactly did you go? And he, mm-hmm. and he told us, you know, and I said, you know, this is the time when people begin to say that maybe the husband did it. Mm-hmm. D- did you do it? You know, and he was like, wow. no, I, 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 I didn't do it. I don't know where mm-hmm. she is. I wouldn't even know where to begin to look. And um, that was that interview was six minutes long. And a couple of weeks later, um one of the investigators from the case like saw me at a movie theater or something. He's like, thank you for that interview. I said, why? What did, what did it reveal? He's like, I can't tell you, but he said it was, you know, he said it was helpful. Yeah. But to be around that guy, Mm -hmm. to be like in his presence, his weepy eyes all the time. And I saw him like two or three times on different occasions. And that little, that look on his face Mm -hmm. all the time, it's like so annoying to Mm -hmm. think about it as I, as I look back on it. Did you, believe him at all you just called bullshit immediately no i did i didn't believe him i i thought i thought Mm. he did it i Mm -hmm. thought he did it and then it was super bowl sunday 
and we get the call. I'm I'm getting ready for a party. They call me up and they tell me what he had done to his children, and I just and and to himself and to himself burned and, them up. Yeah, and we, uh, you know, so we ended up in Washington and Puyallup. I guess that was mm-hmm. the name of the town, mm-hmm. Puyallup, and uh, you know, I'll never forget that one. And who would have thought how this all? It's really at an end, pretty much now. It's at an with, end with uh, Steve Powell, yeah. the, the dad. Now, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think. I feel in my heart that someday somebody's going to come across some remains, and it's going. I, I I have faith that that we'll find that because everybody's find gone it. that probably had some involvement yeah. in it. Josh his, Powell's brother committed suicide. Yep, and his dad his Steve dad. Uh, died. Yep. What what he. I, I what, what did he, would, no, yeah, he died in the ho- he died in the hospital, but I don't remember what it and was. And it just happened. Yeah, it was, it was just recently. It, it wasn't was like suicide. I mean, he was sick of, yeah. from something. Yeah, he, was, he was sick. Yeah. So, so, but so you the, never know what evidence. I mean, I think you're right. Someday somebody will come across something. I think so and too. You, you know, I mean, with technology, you never know what evidence was buried with her or whatever that might might Let's solve care. it. Yeah. You know, you never thought. Know. The, you never thought the other one. Uh, I forget the guy's name now. Never thought that would be solved, but where they... they uh, hacking? hacking? Hacking, yeah, Lori yeah. Hacking yeah. and, and uh, her husband who killed her and put her in a dumpster and she ended up... Uh, they finally figured out she ended up in the landfill. Yeah. And they found her in the they landfill, found her in finally. The landfill. I was there that day when yeah. they found her, yeah. 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 Crazy. Uh, it, stories like that, and uh, they're always memorable, I guess. Um, uh, oh, I want to ask you one other thing, too, about... Um, before we let this go, about how TV has changed, TV news has changed. And uh, tell me if I'm right about this. You said that Channel 2 is now doing, that you've started to do this investigative unit. Yeah, right. <clears throat> which TV stations used to do a lot. Yeah. And and it's gone away. Am I correct in assuming that someone has figured out there are things that other outlets can't do. Twitter can't do an investigative report. Right. Facebook can't do investigative reports. We ought to go back to doing that. You've got to do it because somebody's got to go and look at you know the, all these meetings. Somebody's got to gather up all the information. Somebody's got to ask for the documents so that you can put together the pieces of a story. And Twitter is just that, a million tiny pieces, and you don't get the full story. So um, you know, Gep, we got Gephardt doing his thing mm-hmm. and you know we we've got our unit and uh, you know we've got and then dan rascone does a piece which is more you know it's about people um but mm-hmm. you know i think dedication to like really investigating and doing stories about people mm-hmm. i mean you can't get too far away from that because otherwise you know everything's just 140 characters and and sure. i mean that's not a narrative you know mm-hmm. what i mean that's not a narrative of your day that doesn't tell you the full story and and local 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 it is you gotta be it local. is local news it's gotta be local yeah. yeah although although we've done some research that suggests that um People trust local, and I guess this is good for us. They trust local news for national local lo- reporting on ro- national on national news because yeah. they they want to know their you you are their friends right. and they want to know their friends take exactly. on the national news. and and that's the thing people are like well you lean this way or you lean that way it's like no you've got to lean the way you you don't lean the way your community is but you have to be cognizant of what your what your community what your community's tastes are you know. So school board, you're yes. going to be, and in, at least for the, the time being, you're you're focusing investigative reporting, right, on the school board all, all the time, state, well, it'll lo- be, local, all it, of it. It'll be all education, and people have been coming to me and they're saying you're going to be investigating education. How can you do that? But as I mentioned to you, I mean, it's the largest line item in the state budget. So I mean, when we're and it affects. I mean, pretty much everybody has been in school or has a kid in school. So, I mean, it affects more people than any other thing that we could potentially investigate. And our first story is uh, a board member on the Utah State School Board. Lisa Cummins is her name. And she's one of three members who... um, kind of rose to power during the Common Core debate. This idea that Common Core was just like, you know, one size fits all and it came from the government and and so and Lisa, it was a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. And so she was elected based on that sort of thinking. And um, she, her, her views, I think, some people would say, sort of lean even further right than uh, a lot of politicians in the state of Utah. In fact, I've gotten, and I hate this kind of like anecdotal, but I've gotten, con- I've gotten text messages from 
important leaders who have seen that I've been doing this story, and they're saying thank you because um, people don't know what what she stands for and a lot of what she stands for. We started by looking at her Facebook page. She believes Did that somebody that, alert you to this. We just we we just our producer Nadia Flom. Uh, she just started kind of looking through and, and see who's on the just state who's school on, yeah, board. Who are these people? What, what do they do and what are their backgrounds? What How do they, they get elected? Yeah. Okay. And so we started looking at, we looked at that and we're like, well, that's not enough for a story just because somebody believes that vaccinations are, you know, population control. And not, that, well, wait a minute. Not just somebody, a member of the state school board right, right. believes that vaccinations are a, a, a plot by the government or not good for you or whatever. Right. And then she also, one of the things she posted is that, you know, people, liberals or progressives are trying to make uh, child molesting okay. You know, that kind of stuff, just very much like on that that sort of, for lack of a better word, fringe right. Mm-hmm. So then we, we started going through all of her meetings, everything that she's kind of like said on, on school boards. Some because of the, there, there are minutes of all of those meetings. Minutes and all of it's, uh, and there's video. Oh, there's of video of too. too. So I've gone, I know more about, <laughs> I know more about Common Core and all this stuff than you would ever want to mm-hmm. know. Um, and so the, the, the things that kind of caught, first caught our attention was, you know, Hamilton was here. You may, you probably the play, yeah, yeah, the play, mm-hmm. sure. uh, Saw it, yeah. It's huge. Everybody Wonderful. thought it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Greg Hughes, mm-hmm. Republican, you know, wanted to do everything he could to get it in the schools. Yeah. So people, so there was a program that was coming to Utah that allowed for uh, uh, kids in rural communities to go and see the play. She raised objections, saying that uh, Alexander Hamilton was a big government liberal, and she voted among with a couple other people to say that you know this isn't history, and I know history, and so that was one of those things. And then we started to find out that any time that there is the possibility of data sharing, where the government could track you, mm-hmm. she would object to that. And, and a good example is the school board uh, had to vote some uh, an appropriation for to keep uh, the Utah Safe app, which is where kids can go and they can report, you know, threats of it's violence. A, it's a great app. I've, I've it's amazing. used, I've, I've, I've looked at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally savings. For bullying savings. and suicide yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and her community in particular, she represents Harriman, had been struck with seven. Seven. Suicide. Yeah. Seven suicides at Harriman High. Harriman High year. School. Yeah. Jesus. And so, so here you have this like burgeoning suicide crisis going on. And she's asking questions about whether or not the government can track you. And so she is the only board member who voted against this appropriation. And and had others gone along with her, then, you know, it's possible that the Utah Safe App could have gone dark, at mm-hmm. least for a little bit. So these are the kinds of things that she... And, and she's also uh, believes strongly that the, the federal government is intruding too much on our education system. So she, uh, you know, the, the, the federal government has, like testing requirements she just wanted to say forget about it let's just not do it mm. which would have put at risk of 123 million dollars in federal funding which goes to title one kids those are the kids who are most vulnerable in our state mm-hmm. so these are the kinds of things that we we looked at and you know school board do you know who's on your school board do you just vote for the person up the street i mean this is Probably one of the most important positions that nobody cares about. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. you, you get rid of testing and you get rid of Common Core, and then you have a whole state full of kids who want to apply to, let's say, Harvard or MIT or uh, the University of Utah to become a doctor, and they go, Well, you've learned nothing. Right. And right. then you have a whole state of kids who are uneducated. And Well, so. So you, uh, are you, and now have you done, uh, aired any of this reporting yet? Well, that's what's so interesting. There's been, this thing has been blowing up because um, we scheduled an interview with her and she, she backed out. So I was concerned that she just wasn't going to talk to us. And Is we, this her first term, by the way? Is first it, term. And how long first do they term. serve? Uh, four, four years, four I believe. Four years, okay. And so we decided to go to her house, knock mm-hmm. on her door. And so we did, and she was there, and it was a very cordial sort of an an interaction. We scheduled another interview. She later canceled. Um, And then she went on this website. uh, I've got this in front of me here. U.S. Standard News. Utah Standard News. And she told the, I guess, the reporter, I guess you. I got it right here. Uh, Yeah. Now, so I don't know what Utah Standard News is. It's 
I've it's, never heard of it. It's um, it's a web base. It's a website that says they do news. It says um, Utah school board members stalked by KUTV two <laughs> news. Right, stalked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Chris Jones, crime and justice reporter on KUTV News, is working on another one of his hit pieces. Mm-hmm. Yes. Against a Utah constitutional conservative. Lisa Cummins, an elected member of the Utah State Board of Education, is his latest target. That's right. You know, you do have a reputation for just stalking <laughs> just, people. Just stalking it in, in the bushes, just hiding. Well, Alliance, don't you hold the record for, for most restraining orders in the state of Utah, right? That's, that's, Alliance for a Better Utah and an unnamed professor at the University of Utah Complained to KUTV News about posts that Ms. Cummins has been sharing on her personal social media that include such issues as pedophilia, vaccinations, and how she chooses to raise her children. Apparently, Jones is upset that Ms. Cummins' concerns will influence her Utah school board participation. Ms. Cummins has been a proponent for parental authority, local control at the district and classroom level, and standing against federal intrusion at all levels. And this is a very long article. Uh, Ms. Ms. Cummins stated to the uh, Utah Standard News, if the rights of the the woman can be protected about what she carries in her body, does it not behoove the parents to protect their children on what goes into their bodies when it comes to vaccines? When it comes to pedophilia, according to Attorney General Sean Reyes and Operation Underground Railroad, the United States leads the world in participating in child sex and human trafficking. Um... Well, then, and then she goes on to say that I stuck my foot in her door mm-hmm. and entered her home, which, yeah. I mean, you look at the video, it clearly, that is not, it was, it was a, it was a very, it was a very, uh, what's the word? It was boring. It was a boring yeah. interaction. I mean, it was, it's something that you wouldn't even use on TV. It was so boring. Yeah. You, uh, you've, I, I mean, you may now have to use it well, on now TV. now we have to. To show, the, to show that we didn't do that. So, so th- this is, and you've, you've alluded to this happening a little bit on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and then we wanted to talk to you about it uh, a while ago, and you said, well, we can't really, we need to sort of figure out, that, make sure that we're doing it the right way. Right, exactly, yeah. Make sure everything we're doing is legal and above board. Right. And that we're not violating someone's rights. Exactly. And all of that. And, th- and that's, that's what, when we talk about what, a, what a, a legacy media organization does, that's what you do. You, I mean, unlike this whatever that article is the utah standard news right i mean there, there's that there, there's nothing nothing in that is journalism mm-hmm. you know uh, so what we had to do is is we we made sure that we talked to legal people we i mean people up and down uh, the chain of command have looked at the story to make sure that it's all up and up so i mean that's when you're talking about journalism real journalism that's what, what that's what you do you check mm-hmm. all the facts i mean i've looked at so many hours of these board meetings they should spell it B-O-R-E-D. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah. I mean, and, and because we're doing real journalism. And, and, and this is, you know, you hear people yelling fake news, fake news. This is a prime example of fake news. How can you say that? Listen to this. <laughs> this is, this is uh, towards the end. So here we have an active, respected, public servant and concerned citizen being stalked by a supposed, quote, news journalist, end quote, with a liberal agenda and a record of destructive, quote, hit pieces against those who stand up for Utah beliefs and standards. Mm -hmm. Right. What would you do if this happened to you? Chris Jones is the (laughs) antichrist with a camera and a microphone. That's good news reporting right there is what that is. That's right. Well... Oh well, God. since th- since this all sort of bubbled up on Twitter, this like I, I I've been sort of surprised at the number of people, like I, like I said at the beginning, who you know important people in the field of education mm-hmm. who have come out and said, "Keep going, mm-hmm. it's important." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've had other board members commented at this point, and, and I, I don't want you to give yeah. away all your story, here, right? But, um, you know, I, we we've t- uh, we've talked to a lot of people. Uh, we've talked to about seven people who work closely with her. Um, and you know, I, there, there are, there are concerns by people who work with her that they will be kind this kind of thing might happen to them. Mm-hmm. So they've asked us to not say who they are, mm-hmm. um, because there have been concerns about, for example, she, during one meeting, um, a particularly contentious one, she 
was Facebook living the thing. And she was pointing at one, she had her camera pointed at one of the board members who felt really uncomfortable yeah. like this. She felt like this was, you know, you're targeting me. Yeah, please don't do that. Right. And, and you know, these, these meetings are streamed anyway. So why are you mm-hmm. focusing on me? And it also took away her ability to like have those back, back conversations mm-hmm. with an attorney without being mm-hmm. caught on camera. So, you know, People feel like there's a chance that they could there could be retribution against them for when, speaking. When is this going to be a series of stories? Um, no, this is just one. One story. Yeah, one, one. It's a big. It's a big and, one. And when is it going to really air? Uh, 10 p.m. on Tuesday, so next week. This coming Tuesday, next so th- it'll be kind of. This will be up uh, Sunday. This will be up Sunday, so it'll be a little prelude. But I don't think that'll deter people from. I think this will make people want to yeah, watch. Yeah, I, th- it I even think so more. too. I mean, I, and it's again, it's important because these are people. I mean, you, when I listen to the meetings, like I'm like, wow, they voted on that. That's an important thing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that that was uh, an issue. I mean, th- there's stuff every there's stuff every couple of minutes during a meeting that, that has something to do with your kids. Yeah. So you got to know who in the heck is voting I, on the I school don't, board. I don't. I, I, I didn't either. You know, I do. I at the time I voted for the person I did know only because my sister-in-law is very involved in education, and I asked her. Who should I vote for? Right, here? exactly. And she said, "So, and I don't remember her name now, but right, right. I voted for the person uh, who, yeah, uh, which I think was probably a, a good, you know, straight. But, but how do people get to, you're going to make sure that people get to know these people yeah. and whether they should vote. Right. For, I mean, because it's hard to really. It's hard. I mean, you've got to, I mean, it's enough to try and you know, follow the national races, you know, and then to, you know, your city council and all that stuff. It, it's hard. Do so. you have any idea how Lisa Cummins constituents feel about her? They right now? are, they are fervent supporters still. Yes. Well, the yeah. ones who even more so, mm-hmm. even more so. And know who she is are right. That, right. The ones who, and, and that's the thing. I mean, like, and especially something like this, when the media, uh, does a report like this i mean it's easy to to vilify us and well, that, you come in there with your microphone stirring things up that's right <laughs> and you your know, liberal leftist mm-hmm. agenda you yeah. know here's something you should take back i think this real news outlet um, maybe you can incorporate into your reporting so at the end it says um just you know since you're here the mainstream media trust in the mainstream media is low it co- you know it only covers liberals etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, and then the next paragraph, and this is what I think you should incorporate. Uh, news isn't free. Freedom of speech isn't free. And then you can donate to this journalism mm-hmm. oh, outlet right I did, here. I so, did not see that. So just that. put in yeah. your Visa card, and then you can um, donate to that. Donate to this Utah Standard News journalism yeah. thing. I'm sure. I'm so sure it's. You why know, don't you do that at the end of your story? Yeah, just <laughs> have people <laughs> just <laughs> have people donate to Channel yeah, Two and yeah. just click on click yeah. on yeah. Nazi and yeah. donate. Yeah, to that yeah. I think that will really help <laughs> you guys out. So, uh, uh, where do you have? Uh, th- this has been you've been working on this for a while. Where a couple of weeks, you, yeah, three weeks. So, what do you have a sense of where? The investigative reporting into the Utah into Utah education is going well. We we uh, we we this, this one um, we did not expect this yeah. when we started looking at Facebook. We're like, okay, that's not mainstream. Um, but so this was kind of a surprise. What we're starting to find that there are the way, and you probably heard about this. Our next one is going to be um, a pro a uh, program in the school. It's a it's called Pro Start. It's a culinary class for high well, school. I kids. have heard about you have this. heard about yeah. this. They they produce a show. Yeah, um, it's a good show. I mean, it's a and, and the state legislature spends about two hundred seventy five thousand dollars on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are asking, why are we doing a show yeah. that has twelve contestants and only one winner? What's the educational benefit? Mm-hmm. What's the financial benefit to the state? So that's going to be our second. You're going to f- try and find out yeah. if there is one. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. it may be a perfectly great program. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that but that's next on our fun. agenda. I yeah. think that's fa- that's fascinating. I, I'm going to. Uh, are you planning on doing one a month? Uh, one, we want to do week. one a week. One yeah. a week so. to pretty much always air on Tuesdays on Channel Two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, With this is all new for me because I've been doing fires and murders, and so you'll see me every day. 
you used to see me every day on the air right um on whatever the you know thing was mm-hmm. so this is like all new for me like to be investigating like this and not be on the air is very different but it's also like wow i if i had gotten this like this little element of the story i would have done something on the facebook page and we might have tried to talk to her and we might have tried to talk to some other person and we would have put it on the air and then it's then it's done yeah but now we've got some, we've got uh like you've got a picture of her beliefs and how they affect you now. So that's that's like well, that's what's been so fun about being able to inve- like really investigate. You know, well, I went to her. I went to her Facebook page and yeah. and it's it's loaded with stuff from news sites that aren't news sites, right? Stuff you never heard of. You're like, where did this? I mean, this yeah. is. And and we sent her a list of questions. She she demanded a list of questions, so we did. And, you know, I said, how often do you, um, you know, vet your site, your sources mm-hmm. and that sort of, thing. and all she did is she sent back a saying essentially what she said in this article, um, didn't answer any of the questions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, we've done our due diligence, so I don't know what to tell her on that part. Mm-hmm. You know? She's, uh, you know, and on the other hand, I'm thinking, you know, I'll bet she's maybe a nice lady that yeah, know, she, she cares has a about family, kids. She, she has loves a family kids, and she's yeah. a nice lady and sure. And, and, you know, I mean, I've seen her crying, you know, during these debates about suicide. I mean, she cares. She's a person who sure. cares. So She's just wrong about a couple things. Potentially. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've talked to other people who say, look, we need to have a diverse view. We need to have a div- diverse opinions on the school board. But this person said, but when that person is wrong, they need to admit it. And Lisa Cummins won't ever admit. She mm-hmm. never backs down. Mm-hmm. She fights to the end, and mm-hmm. no, no matter what the facts are. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, we'll look forward to seeing the report on uh, this Tuesday, coming Tuesday, yeah. mm-hmm. on Channel 2, 10 o'clock. Uh, and then it'll be interesting to see where it goes after that. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. <clears throat> and um, how many people do you need on your staff to do these investigative reports? Um, we have, we're, we've got two. Uh, and a photographer. Uh, so, I mean, that's a lot for Good. television news. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. just uh, I uh, are you thinking about going back over to TV? No, no, I'm just behind uh, the scenes. Yeah, right? you go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell Chris to t- tell his boss that wh- you know whatever my opinion counts for, way to go. Yeah, <laughs> you know whoever made yeah. the just pulled the trigger on this and let it go. Just yeah. like, way to go. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we great. and the the person who works with me, her name's Nadia F- uh, Flame. Mm-hmm. She used to work at Politifact. And she's done some a lot of uh, investigative stuff, so she's like she's really like helped. You need a researcher. I like need that. somebody because yeah. I, you know, yeah. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't uncover the stuff that she's found. So yeah, she's she's been been so Chris, look at this. Look at yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh exactly. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Jones, pleasure to have you here. Sit Thank down you. with you. So Give much. my best to your wife. Absolutely. Because yeah. uh, we used to work together a bit. That's uh, right. And uh, what's your child's name? Uh, William. Oh. Well, how nice. That's right. Four, I, four years old. Four and, years old. And, and a lovely chap, I'm he's, sure. He's got all, all of his mother's beautiful attributes. Yeah. Yes, and she has many. <laughs> That's She's right. a lovely person. I'm a very fortunate. You are. I, it's not fair, is yeah. what I'll put it. Uh, and uh, anyway, say hi to everybody at Channel 2 Absolutely. for us, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Dylan, thanks for producing it. Thank uh-huh. you. Uh, thank you to Tony Caputo's people for making really excellent food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't been there in a long time. This was great. I'd yeah. forgotten how good they are. They really are good. Uh, And uh, that's it for the Let's Go Eat show. I'm Bill Allred. Remember, when you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double. Can't get enough of the Let's Go Eat show? Do you want access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, exclusive videos, exclusive blogs, and the exclusive Make Mine a Double t-shirt? Did I mention they're exclusive? That means you can't get them anywhere else but Patreon.com. One or all of these things can be yours for about the cost of a double shot of Old Forester bourbon. Please go to Patreon.com or download the Patreon app and search for Let's Go Eat Show. It's super easy and will help us continue to make the Let's Go Eat Show for years to come. That's Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com slash Let's Go Eat Show. Thank you. Thank you.